0: Bless the Lord. Welcome, everybody. We're glad that you're here to worship with us today. We're going to lift the Lord up in song. If you'd like to stand, feel free to do so. And uh, let's lift the Lord up in praise together. Amen. Amen. Who are we that you would be mindful of us? What do you see? it's worth looking our way, we are free, in ways that we never should be, sweet relief from the grips of these pains. Like in just straining from the weight, my heart no longer can keep from seeing. All that is within me cries, For you alone be glorified, Emmanuel. God with us. My heart sings a brand new song The dead is paid These chains are gone Emmanuel God with us Lord you know Our hearts don't deserve your glory Still you show a love we cannot afford. like can't from the way my heart no longer can keep from singing. All that is within me cries for you alone. Be glorified, Emmanuel, God with us. My heart sings a brand new song. The debt is paid, these chains are gone, and you God with us. Such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, nevertheless. We lay this at your feet. Such a tiny offering compared to Calvary. Nevertheless, we lay this at your feet. All that is within me Christ For you alone be glorified, Emmanuel, God with us. My heart sings a brand new song, the debt is paid, these chains are gone, Emmanuel, God with us.
1: It's a beautiful day outside this morning. Amen. Uh, driving to church this morning is just like, wow, look at the sun, the cool, the everything. It was just gorgeous. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's just thank him for this beautiful day and this time that we can gather together in his place. Amen. Father God, I just come before you and praise your name for who and what you are, that we can gather together in such a fashion. This We've had a great Sunday school class. We had a great breakfast together. And now we're going to open your word and just have a great time of, 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 of sharing your spirit with one another. I just pray, God, that as we have gathered in this place, that if there's someone here that does not know you, first of all, that they will come to know you before it's too late, that they will surrender their heart and surrender their soul into the hands that's far more capable than they they are. May they turn their life over to you this day. And God, every one of us in this place today, if we will open our hearts and our ears, we'll hear something that you have to say to us. May we hear your words. May we leave this place knowing that we have been changed, that we've been quickened, by the Spirit of an Almighty God that loves us more than anything. Father, may Your will be done in this church today. May we put ours to the side. May we put our egos to the side. And may we just truly open our hearts humbly before You and allow You to do with it as You will. May Your will be done, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. It's good seeing everybody that's here this morning. Walk around a second. Shake somebody's hand. and to Tell them it's just good to see them in God's house this morning. Beautiful.
0: I will bless the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, sing unto the King of Israel. I will bless the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, sing unto the King of Israel. And now sing glory, glory, glory to his name forever. Glory, glory, glory to his name. Oh, the joy of the Lord is in me. Oh, what happiness he brings. While I'm walking where he leads me. That is why you'll often hear me sing. I will bless the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Sing unto the King of Israel. I will bless the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Sing unto the King of Israel. in sing glory, glory, glory to His name forever. Glory, glory, glory to His oh let's worship him in the spirit oh no matter who you are he has done such mighty wonders that is why this music's in my heart and i will bless the name of jesus praise the name of jesus sing unto the king of israel and i will bless the name of jesus Praise the name of Jesus, sing unto the people of Israel. And now sing glory, glory, glory to his name forever. Glory, glory, glory to his name.
1: ask Annabelle oh. about that. Oops, I'm I on think mic. Chris
0: put a motor on this stand.
1: Okay guys, just just a couple announcements. Just Let me uh, first of time. all say if you, I, I was impressed and uh, and I praise, praise the Lord God. for the turnout for our revival uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We had a great turnout all three nights and we uh, uh, a, a lot of good messages were presented and there were some decisions that were brought forth and I just praise the Lord. We had a a good weekend. So, if you weren't able to make it out, we were talking about maybe trying to do this a little more often. Uh, get a guest speaker to come in for two or three nights, uh, maybe once a, you know, a couple times a year or something. I don't know, but we had a good turnout and the Lord was lifted up. Uh, praise the Lord. the The other thing I want to point out is this: this being Thanksgiving week, uh, this coming Thursday. If you did not know what we do here at the church, years ago we started opening the church. Uh, on Thanksgiving Day, and Sherry, Sherry, in fact, it was kind of funny. I told her we had some pies and stuff, and she said, Oh, no, I do everything homemade on Thanksgiving. Sorry, okay, whatever you want to do. But she comes up and she cooks. We're going to have smoked turkey, turkey, desserts, all kinds of stuff. And it's open for everybody. If you would like to, if you, one, if you want to come up for an hour or come up all day, we're going to be here. Uh, Annabelle and I get here early, and we turn on, we get the Macy's Day parade going in the front room. And we watch that till the football games start. And then we got football games in the front room all day long. And there will be eating the the food. There will be little things before noon. But starting around noon, everything will be out there. And you can come for an hour or you can come all day and eat all day if you like. There will be plenty, plenty of food. So invite your friends. If you want to bring your family down, bring games. A lot of people sit in the fellowship hall and play games. Some go to the football room watch football. Some like to sit around and talk and just eat. Praise God, that's, we're going to come together, we're going to enjoy the, the feast together, and give thanks to God for everything that's on that table. Now, one of the reasons why we do this, and this is why I want to make sure you're you able to put out there, a lot of folks at this time of year are reminded of someone they've lost during the year, or maybe they're alone for whatever the reason may be. If you know any of those people, let them know they do not have to sit at home on Thanksgiving by themselves, that they can come out and, and have the hospitality of God's people around them. They don't have to know us, but they can come out and, and we'll know the Lord with them. Amen? Amen. So if you know anyone that doesn't know, the, uh, excuse me, if you know anyone that doesn't have a place to be this Thanksgiving, let them know, hey, you know, the church down there is going to be open and it's a place that everyone's welcome to. So come on down and, and enjoy yourself. Last year was great. We had a, a large family come that we'd never met. and It was just a wonderful thing. And it turns out they didn't have much. And they were able to take the leftover. God just blessed in so many ways through that one. And, he, and you know, each year we, we pretty much have a, one outstanding state story of sorts. So please be in prayer. If you can't come down, maybe you've got your family uh, shinding going on at your house or wherever it may be, you can still be in prayer for us down here and know we're together in spirit through the, through the eyes of Christ. Amen? Bottom line, wherever you're at, whether you're here at the church, whether you're at your family, whether you're off somewhere at the Lubies or whatever it may be, remember to give thanks unto the Lord for the things that you have. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord. There's many who have nothing. Be thankful for what you do have. Don't sit and say, "Well, I could have had this or I could have had that." Be thankful for what you have, and watch what God can do. Amen. All right. I think that's. Um, I think that's. An, oh well. Let me say this, we usually have on Thursday nights our, our community dinner, we're going to be doing it all day Thursday, so we'll, we'll be going home probably five or six or so Thursday evening. So if you usually are one that comes to the Thursday night thing, we're not going to have the Thursday night thing this year. It'll be all day Thursday. All right, I think that's enough on the announcements there, and let me call John up, he's got our scripture reading this morning. While he's coming up, let me remind everyone we have our prayer and offering columns front and back. That's a place where you can tear that page off and drop in your prayer concerns. But it's also a place to where you can uh, do your ties, drop your ties. That's between you and the Lord, but that's a way to bring that out as well. Can I pray with you, brother? Father God, I just come before you and just lift up John. I thank you for all his work coming down and helping with the revival and the video and all that stuff. And now he's down here uh, to share your word with us, God. And I, I just pray that you open his his mind and his mouth, and let you come forth from him. Thank you for his willingness to do that. May we hear you through him this morning, Lord. Bless his family, and and we thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. you.
2: Good morning. I want to read out of uh, Matthew chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they would trap Jesus by what he said. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, and they said, Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You defer to no one, uh, for you don't show partiality. Tell us, therefore, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But perceiving their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. And uh, this is likely what that coin would have looked like. I think uh, Brother Chris might have a a bigger picture of it there on the screens. So that's what they brought him. And uh, he he asked them, uh, Whose image and inscription is this, he said. He asked them. And Caesar's, they replied to him. Then he said to them, Therefore give back to Caesars the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they uh, left him and went away. So what, what begs the question, if Caesar's image is on the coin, what is God's image on? So then uh, let's look at Genesis one twenty six. God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, and just as we have borne the image of man made of dust, we also bear the image of the heavenly man. You know, and, and that's amazing, this coin really, it's made out of dust, kind of like we are, um, it, you know, it's it's raw materials that are harvested from the earth, and uh, they're uh, they're all pressed together to make this coin, and uh, and then it, it's still just a raw coin until it's actually struck with the image, whether it be um, Caesar's image or, well, you know, in our case, God's image, right? So uh, if we are uh, God's. Uh, how, How do we give to God the things that are God's? And I think he tells us here in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the scribes approached, and when he heard them debating, he saw Jesus answering them well. He asked him, what commandment is the most important of all? This is the most important, Jesus answered. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this time of fellowship where we can uh, study your word and where we can worship you and uh, freely. And, and We just ask that you would uh, bless the musicians, guide them through the through the rest of their part of the service here, and also that you you would uh, guide and direct Pastor Frank with the message he's bringing us. We thank you for your many blessings and praise your glorious name above all names. Uh, these things we ask in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen.
0: Bless the Lord. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord in him. So if please uh, feel free to lift the Lord up with us. I once was lost in sin, but, but Jesus, Jesus took, took me, me in, and then the light from heaven filled my soul. It baked my heart in love, and broke my name, name above, and just, just a little talk with Jesus make me whole. Now, now let, us let us have a little talk, talk with, with Jesus, let, let us, us, us tell him all about our troubles. He will, will hear our famous cry, and he will answer by and by. And by. Now when you feel a little prayer, we'll turn it. Then you'll know a little fire is burning I'll talk with Jesus That's it right Sometimes my fancy had fear Without a ray of tears A little fire May have the light of day Don't guess the sun may rise And hide the stars in sky But just a little talk with Jesus Put it way. Now let us have a time, talk with Jesus Let us come all about our troubles Hear our faintest cry, answer by your mind. You feel the pleasant turning, and know that the fire is burning. My love is off, but Jesus makes it right. I may have doubts to fears, in my heart would tell me tears. But Jesus is ready to watch us day and night. I go in every prayer, He knows my every care, And just the love of Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a talk with Jesus. Let us we'll come all all our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. His new prayer you'll know the turn, The doctor Jesus it Now let us have a talk with Jesus. Yeah. Let we'll 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 us all of troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. And you know the fire is burning you'll find out a cup But Jesus makes it All right You said the past is broken there Some heart is broken there you in your righteousness, find you in your holiness, come and take me, Lord, and I would love to trust you, in every way to love you, just bring me all that you make, for glory in your name, till there's nothing left of me, by the seed in the fire of I'm shining, I'm obeying, till there's nothing left of me. Your Spirit is the only one that conforms me to your Son, let him me. Your grace is written deep inside my heart with purity. with your holy blood. If I could learn, I trust you in every way to love you. Stick away all that remains, for glory may remain. Till there's nothing left of me, for the kingdom I have made to a shine now fades. Till there's nothing left of me sacrifice is broken, there's a heart that's full of tender Come and break me, Lord, to seek you in your righteousness and find you in your holiness. Come and take me, Lord. And I can learn to trust you in every way to love you. Stick away all everything place for glory in your name, till there's nothing left of me, for kingdom I have made to the child I will pray, till there's nothing left of me. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm deceptive. You were condemned. I'm alive well. Your spirit is within me because you and I rose again. I'm forgiven because you were. life, of your spirit is within me,
2: because you are kind and
0: rose again, amazing love, how can it be, that you my King without my joy, my joy. I just honor you, in all I do, I honor you.
1: you Today, Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to—I didn't think to give them the scriptures back there this morning—but we're going to be in the book of Amos, Amos chapter five. Amos chapter five. As I was thinking about Thanksgiving, this—I uh, thought about Amos a little bit. So we're in Amos chapter five this morning. We're actually going to be jumping around several scriptures in chapter one, chapter two. However, primarily. Our, our scripture is going to be coming out of Amos chapter 5, verse 21. But a lot of folks, I feel as though, I, I know most of us have probably read through the Bible, but we tend to not remember Amos very much. So let me just kind of, who was Amos just a little bit? Amos was the type of man, Amos was a, a prophet in overalls, if you will. Amos was, was, a, was a farmer who wore his clodhoppers hoppers on his feet and calluses on his hand. And, and he went about, but he, he was a farmer, yet he had a, 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 a burning righteousness, a righteous anger in his heart. Amos was one, though he was a farmer, and though he may not address like the First Baptist Church pastors do and whatever you want to call it, he was out there preaching the word of God. He was out there doing what God called him to do. He was out there sharing that, that energy of his heart with everybody else. Now, he hailed from a... A, a dusty little t- town called Tekoa. to Teko, Teko, Teko. He came from the town was Taco, and it was six miles southeast of, of Bethlehem. It was right on the edge of the Judean Badlands, if you will. So he he came from a a dusty little town where it was hard to raise his sheep. It was hard to be a farmer. So he had led a hard life. He 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 was a farmer that was used to working with his hands, and he was a he was a southerner on a mission to the north. He had a God had placed in Amos a desire to go and preach not just what needed what he thought needed to be preached, to go and share it with the north, to share it with the rest of, of, of the Israelites, to share a message that they needed to hear. Now he was not a preacher by 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 anointing, by what he wasn't his occupation. I guess you could say was not a preacher. He was a preacher by calling, but that's not what he did primarily. But yet the people would listen to him. If he had to fill out a tax report, he would put on there that he was a sheepherder, that he was a a, a, a nurseryman, a, a one who just was a farmer. He would. He, he's not someone you think that could command a lot of attention behind a pulpit, normally. But the reason he was able to pull it off, the reason why he was able to be used so mightily by God, because it was obvious. That it wasn't about his clothes. And I share this this morning for this reason. Every one of us has been given a commission. Every one of us is to go forth on a day-by-day basis presenting Christ to the things that he tells us to present regardless of what our occupation may be. Regardless of, a lot of folks think, well, it's the pastor's job to get up and share this and to share that. And it is. But it's every one of us has been given a great commission. And whatever God has called you to do and whomever it is he tells you to speak it to, Don't allow your clothes or your occupation or your education level or whatever it is to stop you. Amos did not have a a degree on the wall. He wasn't a professional clergyman. He didn't have a, a master's of divinity on each wall of his office. His office was the outdoors. His clothes was his overalls, and he was just the type to go. And when God told him to speak, he did not hold back. He said exactly what it was that God laid on his heart to say, and he didn't care whom it was that he was saying it to. He spoke when God told him to speak. What, what Amos truly had, I guess you could say, is a true devotion to God. Regardless of what our occupation may be, guys, regardless of whether we live in this country or another country, regardless of, of, of whether you were born in Massachusetts or Texas, regardless of whether you're an electrician or a, or, or, or a Wall Street financial person, It does not matter. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your devotion should be primarily and foremostly on Jesus Christ and do what he tells you to do wherever you're at, whenever you're at. That's what Amos was. That's what Amos did. He was a farmer, but he was not afraid to get up in front of the upper echelon. He was not afraid to share the desire and the burning that God had presented in his heart. He was not afraid to open and, and share what the prophets had taught. He was not afraid to preach the, the, the justice. He had a passion for justice, a keen sense of right and wrong. And when he went into the cities, when he went to those that might look down upon him, when he went to where those were that, that might look said, well, you're just a farmer, or you're just this, you're uneducated, he didn't get bowed down by that. He allowed that sense of justice, that sense of right and wrong, that devotion to God, to well up in him, and he preached a message. And folks, I would share with you this morning that every one of us should, should, and can do the same thing. Amos, when Amos spoke, in fact, this book of Amos—if you've never read it—I'm going to ask you to go back and read the book. It's a short book, but when you read it, you can you can see the words fly off the page like 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 you see on these shows where they the red hot iron on an anvil and they hit it and those sparks just go flying everywhere. That's how, you, that's how I almost picture the words of Amos. They, they are just flying off, and he doesn't care who it burns. He's just letting the word of God go forth. Now, as we look at the book of Amos, in Amos chapter 1, verse 2, actually, he says, The Lord roars from Zion and thunders from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds dry up, and the top of Mount Carmel withers. He, he is starting off, right off the bat here with this letter, he is starting off just, just telling everything about everybody else. One by one at the beginning, Amos ticks off the sins of all the neighboring nations, all the pagan nations around him. And he's saying how bad they are. And he's preaching against their sins. Now, you can imagine while he's doing this, the chosen people, the Jews, as they're hearing him speak, as he's preaching this message, and they're hearing Amos just denounce these murderous, savage, warlike people of Ammon and Moab and Edom. But as he is preaching this this message about all these Gentile countries around him, they're eating it up. They're hollering. They're saying, yeah, preach against them. Yeah, they're bad people. They're ugly. They're pagans. They're this. They're that. The the Jewish people, as he's preaching to them, they're just cheering him on. But then Amos lands a surprise punch in the midst of all this. They're just cheering him on. Everything's going good. But he starts swinging at his own nation, Judah. He starts, starts knocking them senseless with these stinging accusations. He starts talking about, but you... You idol worshippers, you know better. You 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 commandment breakers, you you tramplers of God's law. These are the words he's using. He preached about all them others to set them up so he could say, Now, you know better than all them. And yet look what you're doing. And as the Judeans are are are, are catching their breath, Amos draws the Israelites in even into the ring with blasting them with greed and bribery and oppression and all these tabloid style sleazy acts and he is just nailing them one after the other after the other after the other they went from cheering him on to saying oh my He's pointing out all these discrepancies. He's pointing out all these faults. And he doesn't he doesn't care that he's sitting there in his overalls. He doesn't care that he's a farmer talking to the upper echelon, the politicians, and all these people. He is sharing the word of God and telling them exactly how the how the cow eats the cabbage. And then he comes up with this, this knockout punch in chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. He looks down and says, Now then, this is the words of God through Amy. He says, I will crush you as a cart. Loaded with grain, and the swift will not escape the strong and will not muster their strength, and the warrior will not save his life. He's talking to them. He's saying, This is what God has to say to you guys. This is what's going to happen. You know right from wrong. Them pagans know they don't know any better, but you do, and for that reason, I'll crush you if you don't get your life straight. These were hard words, but these were serious charges. An indictment had been made against the people. They, now, they wanted to cover their ears. They they wanted to muzzle him. They didn't want him to continue speaking this way. They they didn't want to hear all this. They loved it when he was talking about everybody else. But when Amos started talking to them, oh, no, we don't want to hear that. We don't want any part of this. In fact, the king's chaplain, Amaziah, he ran up there. He charged up to Amos like 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 a bull and, and, and nailed him with these words. He said, get out of here, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy any more at Bethel. This is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. That's Amos chapter 7. Now think about that. The king's chaplain ran up there and told him, oh, we don't want to hear those kind of words. This is the king's chapel. Whose chapel is it supposed to be? God's chapel. Folks, when we start surrounding ourselves with the things we want to hear rather than the things that God has to say, that's when we're going to start getting ourselves in trouble. We may feel high and mighty and think we're better than everyone else. Or look, I don't sin. Look, that preacher up there, he's saying everything good about me. But then when the man of God starts preaching, oh, I'm going to change the channel. I'm going to change to another church. I'm going to go here or I'm going to go... I don't want to listen to that stuff. He just told me that I can't go out and be an adulterer and a... And a a womanizer? I'll just find a church that says I can. Unfortunately, they're out there. And they were there even in the time of this, as Amos was speaking to them. The, 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 The chaplain of King's church said, oh, you can't preach that here. The king won't like it. And you know what Amos says? I don't care what the king thinks. This is what God says. And if you don't change your ways... He is going to crush you just like a cart that is loaded with grain runs over. It crushes. Folks, let me tell you this morning, when you are preaching what God has called you to preach, when you go out into the world and you are living the way God has called you to live, it's going to be hard. It's hard to be that prophet. It's hard to be that that man or woman of God out there in the world. People get mad at you. They'll, they'll, they may call you names. They'll start saying, oh, you're a troublemaker. You're a Jesus freak. You're a Bible thumper. You're this. You're that. It may be hard to be what God's called you to be. But just like Amos, we need to stand firm upon God's law and God's word, regardless of what the people say. And then we need to make a strong stand on the word. They tried to shut him up. They said, you just got to get out of here. But not only did Amos not shut up, he didn't soften his words either. He went even deeper. The more they yelled at him to shut up, the harder he pointed out all their wrongs. He looked around at the Israelites there in Amos chapter 2, verse 6-7. through seven. He looked down and he said, You sell the righteous for silver, the needy for a pair of sandals. You trample on the heads of the poor as upon the dust of the ground to deny justice to the oppressed. He's pointing out you are only thinking about yourselves. You see, here's the thing, guys. When he went and he was preaching this, this was the golden age for Israel. Everything was great. It was a, a prosperous time in Israel. The stock market was up. The interest rates were down. The, the pursuit of the almighty shekel was, was ranked on top of pursuing justice and righteousness. It was all about chasing a dollar. It was about who had the most, who had the most money. Everything looked great in Israel. They had all this stuff. And God was steadily getting pushed further and further back. Housing was red hot. Everything was going well. In fact, the Israelites at this time, we'll read in there, they, to wow one another, they would have a summer home and a winter home. And they would take these two homes, if they could own both homes, they would, they would deck them out and furnish them with, with in, incredible furnishings inlaid with ivory. That's how opulent they were. That's how arrogant they were. they were. We have so much stuff. And the stuff took precedence. So when he looked at at this Amos, this farmer, in overalls, coming here telling me what I can and cannot do, look at all my things. Look at all this stuff. Look at how I can do this and how I can do that. We have everything. In fact, the the women of Bashan in Samaria, it says that they took pampering to new heights by sprawling on their their chaise lounges and having their husbands bring them cocktails. And, And in his usual poetic charm... Amos called them a bunch of cows. He pointed out, he didn't say, oh, look how luxurious they are in their in their chaise lounges while their husbands bring them cocktails. He said, look at these cows. He wanted to make sure that he understood. I don't care what you think you are. I want to tell you who you really are. What's really going on here. Folks, on top of all these things, on top of all this lifestyle of, of money and materialism and all these this this horrific stuff that was going on in Israel at the time from a God's viewpoint, the most horrendous thing was that they were practicing a two-faced religion. They would go and they would go, uh, go to church and on one hand they would they would brag about giving their offerings on top of their tithes. They took pride in their lethargically correct worship services. We did everything by the book. We fulfilled our agenda. We did we said the right these and the right vows we sang the right songs i gave the right amount of money while on the other hand they practiced a, a gross idolatry they would still worship the golden calves they they practiced temple prostitution they 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 tolerated an unbiblical priesthood they didn't care they were just fulfilling and getting their card punched doing what they thought they should do to fulfill an agenda Their life was focused on the the manly ideas. They were focused on lusts and greed and sensualities and and, uh, lasciviousness. They didn't care about the things of God. They just did what they thought they had to do. Now with Amos, I I can't help, you know when Amos cringes and he's preaching, I I tend to picture Amos um, standing on this ridge, I guess you will, with his face all flushed and his anger mounting, and I can almost see like a Christ-like figure when he's ready to go in and and overturn the tables of the money changers. I can see Amos as he's writing this. He is just looking at all this lasciviousness and all this ugliness. And here is a man that's pursuing justice and righteousness. He looks on this, and he doesn't care what they're going to do to him. He doesn't care what clothes he has on. He doesn't care that what occupation he has. He gets up, and he preaches the Word of God. Folks, we need to look around us. And we need to get back to preaching the Word of God. We need to get back to letting the world see what it is here. Amos knew he had to speak, and he opened his mouth and let God come out. In Amos chapter five, our, our primary text this morning, Amos chapter five, starting in verse 21. Amos 5:21, I'll let him get there on the computers this morning. Amos 5:21 says, "I hate and I despise your feasts." This is God speaking to them now. I hate and I despise your feasts. I can't stand the stench of your solemn assemblies anymore. They're going to church. God says, I can't stand it. Don't even like the fact that you're sitting in my house. Even if you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will have no regard for your fellowship offerings or your fattened cattle. Take away from me the noise of your songs. Wow the noise of your songs. Yeah, you're singing songs, but there's no harp. You're not singing them to me. You're singing to get your card punched. Take away the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but listen to this. Let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. Listen to that again. Let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. Now, Fast forward, 2,800 years, skip over a couple of continents and a big body of water, and we're sitting in America. We're standing here today. Modern day America sounds a whole lot like ancient Israel did, folks. We're coming into a season that we call it the holiday season. This is a time that we should be thinking about others. This is a time, which it should be all the time, but especially right now, we should be thinking about others. We should think about giving to others. We should be thinking about the needs of others more than we're thinking about how great we have and look at all the stuff we have or oh poor me. We should be thinking about God's others and sharing the gospel with them. We should be about doing God's justice, God's business, God's righteousness. But unfortunately, we define success in this country by dollar signs. We define success not by how well we live for Christ, but how much money we have in the bank or how many how many houses we have, or what kind of car we drive. Folks, I'd rather have absolutely nothing and be living under a tree and know that I had my Jesus. I am thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my cars. I'm thankful for my children. I am thankful for all the things God has given me. But if I put those before Christ, I am wrong. When we start pursuing dollar signs to see how well we're doing, we are wrong. We define the American dream today Not by how much we give, but by having. We define the American dream by how many homes I can own. How thick my wallet is. Unfortunately, the pursuit of happiness has has come to us at an incredibly terrible price. When we start thinking that happiness is based upon material things rather than on God, our society is going to crumble. You know, according to the most reliable sources I could find, the average American household right now has eight dollars to $25,000 in credit card debt. And, said, and there's nothing, the, the bankruptcy lawyer says it's nothing to see folks coming in at $125,000 and more in the hole and have no way to get out. Why do we allow ourselves to get that way? Because we're putting our priorities wrong. We are putting things, we're putting material, we're putting on having more priority than giving and sharing the gospel. We should be focused, as Amos was, on what God has to say. It's not about materialism. It's not about things. It's about us. You know, the typical high school student spends more on prom than the American household gives to charity. Think about that. They'll spend more on going to prom than they'll ever, or the whole house will give to charity. Beer sales in this country, I looked up, equal more than tea, water, and powdered drinks combined. Where is our priorities? Where are we focusing our money? Every year, the average teen spends 500 hours on TV, excuse me, 500 hours in school and 1,500 hours on TV. Where's our priorities? Amos was pointing out, your priorities are messed up. And I would say that he's pointing it out to you and I today. Where are your priorities? You know, statistically... The, the National Statistics says that even in this time of prosperity, that the church giving has steadily dropped year after year after year, the average church goer, goer gives two percent of his income, and only six percent of attendees even tie. I would say Amos is speaking directly at them. When we start worrying about what we can have rather than what we can give, when we start worrying about dollar signs rather than God's people, when we start focusing on the things that we want rather than what we can give, when we start focusing on anything that is not of God, then Amos is speaking directly to us. And I'm not trying to make us feel bad, guys. I'm just saying that we should be aware. God's people have never been called to to stick their heads in the sand. No, we haven't. Church and apathy should not go together. We should be out there and we should be sharing the gospel. We should be standing, making a stand for God's word. We should be pointing out to others that true joy doesn't come from a bank account. True joy comes from a God account placed right in your heart. That if we want to have joy, if we want to have peace, if we want to be what what God's really called us to be in this spirit of Thanksgiving, in this spirit of Christmas, then it should be not about myself. It should be about him. And if it's all about him, then I'm going to be giving to them. I'm going to be sharing with others. I'm going to be sharing the word. I'm going to be sharing the gospel. But that also means I'm going to be sharing of the things that God has given me to share of. Whether it's my clothes, whether it's my money, whether it's my food, whatever it is. You know, praise God. It, it, was, it was pretty awesome this, this past week when I got to, the, to help to ask me if I could come and help at the pantry to hand out turkeys and potatoes. That was my job, turkey and potatoes. To hand out to the, needy, to the, to the less privileged folks. You know, all those people that came through that line, I didn't hear not one derogatory thing. I didn't hear not one ugly thing. I heard, thank you, thank you. I heard, God bless you. One gentleman, because he just signed up that day, we told him, there may not be enough turkeys for you. And you know what he said? Well, if it's God's will, I'll have one. And we did have enough. You know what happened when he took his turkey? He said, it was God's will, I got one. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, amen. But, you know, it was the, the joy of being able to stand and hand those things out. And God blessed us with those turkeys. There's a long story in all that stuff, too. I don't have time to go into all that. But God blessed us with those things. You know why? Because he knew we were going to bless others with them. And I was able to be a part of his hands and his feet and be a part of that ministry. And I would have missed that blessing. You know, they were being blessed with food. You might say, oh, yeah, but you were just working. No, that wouldn't work for me. I was being blessed by being able to hand it into the hands of those who needed it who used it, who wants it. I know now there's those families that may not have had a Thanksgiving dinner will have one, the typical American-style Thanksgiving dinner, per se. And I can say, thank you, Jesus. It was God who did it. He just allowed me to be a part of his ministry. When we volunteer ourselves, it's not about us. When we put ourselves out there to do other things, to be where God wants us to be, that's what brings peace. Not dollars in the bank. Not how many houses you own. Amos spoke to him and said, this stuff is going to bring you to hell. He was saying that God's going to crush you. He doesn't even want to hear your songs anymore. He doesn't want you in his house anymore. He doesn't want to hear anything about you no more because of all this two-faced religion you're pulling. That's what Amos was saying to them. And we need to make sure that we don't fall in that same boat. Our ancestors didn't do that. You think about the, 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 the older days. They fought uh, our, our Christian ancestors, they fought to end slavery. They, 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 they worked to improve prisons. They built clinics. They built schools. They built orphanages. They, they abolished child labor. There's so much things they did that they might not have been equipped to do. They may not have had a degree on the wall. They may not have had the right clothes. But by taking the word of God into their hands and preaching and praying and speaking to whomever would listen that needed to listen, the world was changed around them. As the church in America today, we need to get back about that. Don't think about, well, you know, I don't have this or I don't have that. You know, John Wesley, by the time he died, he was giving 98% of his income to the needy. He was living on 2%. And then it said that one winter, he was 80 years old. One winter, he spent five days out in the cold, walking door to door, asking for jackets and coats for those that didn't have any. 80 years old in the snow. And then when he died, as per his request, They took the curtains off the sanctuary after his service and sewed them into dresses to give to the needy that didn't have any dresses in that community. Hallelujah. Why don't we think about others like that? It doesn't take a degree on the wall. It takes Christ in our hearts. Jesus said, one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Our life consists in what it is God would have us do." And it's any one of us. Whether you're young or old does not matter. If you will open your heart and let God use you, things will change around you. And God can bless others through you. In fact, um, I'm going to embarrass her just a little bit. But it doesn't matter your age either. Annabelle's 13 years old. And yet, you know what she did? She went to her school. I didn't know anything about this. She went to her school and said, hey, our church is going to be doing a toy drive for the needy. Can we do anything? Well, Annabelle comes to me and says, hey, my school is going to do this toy drive. Yeah, okay. That's nice. Well, I called the school to see what's going on, if this is what's legit. You know what she said? The counselor and the vice principal said, yes, Annabelle came to us, talked to us about it. Now the National Honor Society is coming in on it. They're going to back it up. The day after Thanksgiving, we're sending out a mass email so that anyone for two weeks that wants to bring toys, and we're going to donate them to your church for your toy drive. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, I don't know what's going to come of that. I don't know how many people are going to bring toys or anything else. But because a 13-year-old, without her daddy or mama or anybody knowing anything about it, chose to go talk to her vice principal and her counselor about it, now there's a toy drive going to happen for our little church, for the community that we're going to take toys to. She's 13. What about us? That's 30, 40, 50, 60. We should have been the ones going to the school and asking, hey, what about a toy drive for our little church? Whatever it is, guys, we need, I think we need. We focus so much on ourselves that we forget it's not about us, it's about him. Amos came in, he, he, he was just a man of God. He knew justice, he knew right from wrong. And Amos come into the city and he looked about him and he was disgusted. He looked about him at the lasciviousness. He looked about him at the the temple prostitution. He looked about him at how they would go to their their church services, but God wasn't in there. He saw all this stuff, and he couldn't stand it, and he preached the word of God, and then God said, yes, I don't want any of this anymore. You do not know who I am. I'd rather you shut the doors. Folks, I pray that, that God would never say that about anyone in this house. I pray that when God looks down on our little church here in Sutherland Springs, He says, man, those are people down there truly looking for what I would want them to do. Those are people of my heart down there. We need to stop, every one of us individually, and look around us. We need to to, to inspect the things around us and say, where is the greatest need in our church? Where is the greatest need in our church? Where is the greatest need in my school? Where is the greatest need in my community at large? Where is the greatest need in... In, in my extended family, we need to quit thinking about ourselves and start thinking about where is the need and say, God, I pray for. How can you use me in? We need to ask ourselves that question. What is that need? And then be still and listen. God, what would you have me to do? Praise God that Amos, he wasn't afraid that he didn't have a, a degree. He wasn't afraid that he didn't have the right clothes. He wasn't afraid about what the other people would say. He said, God, I see a need. They need you. What is God calling you to do, folks? How is he, he pricking your heart to make a difference in those lives around you? What is he telling you to get out there and do? We all have some kind of skill. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. There's skills, there's talents, there's, there's interests, there's abilities that the Lord has given you to serve him and share his love in the world. I don't know what they all are. But you need to stop and say, God, what is it that I can use to help others? You know, Annabelle's, don't get me wrong, Annabelle's not perfect. But you know, she does have that loving, wanting to hug and be a friend. And they knew that at that school, and they listened, and she used that for God. Yours may be something different. It may be working with your hands. It may be, I don't know. It may be prayer. Whatever it is that God has given you, you need to stop and say, God, what can I do? And you may think, I don't don't have a lot to give. But give it anyway. Give it anyway and watch Christ bless. Watch Christ multiply it and spread your efforts. There's been times where I've thought, well, I don't have anything to give. But I go ahead and do what God's told me to do and he prays back tenfold. We just need to trust him. You may think you don't have it to give, but in reality, it'll cost you more not to give it. You just got to trust him. Amos told him, you need to ship up, shape up. You need to to shape up or ship out. You need to change your ways. You need to get your life straight. Christians, the the, the old Superman song, remember? He he fought every day into the never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. As Christians, we should be fighting for truth, justice, and God's way. Every day. Those ancient words of Amos, guys, listen to them again. Highlight them in your Bible if you have a highlighter even. But let justice flow like water and righteousness, like an unfailing stream. Let justice flow like water and righteousness, like an unfailing stream. The question comes to this. Would you rather be rolled over by God's righteousness and justice or would you rather be with him and roll with it? Me, myself, I'd rather be with God on that. I'd rather roll with God than be rolled over by God. We have that choice. We have that decision. In this time of thanksgiving, in fact, I and I, Sherry asked me to write the, from the pastor this morning that's crossed my mind. I think we need to give more thought to the giving than the thanks part. Because if we give more thought to the giving, then we've already been given thanks for what we have. Don't just think about what I have. So let's start thinking about what we can give. Let's start putting Christ first. This holiday season, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, Every, all, all 12 months of the year, actually, but especially now. This is the time that people are more susceptible to listen and hear about Christ than any other time. They'll listen to songs about it. They'll listen to watch TV shows about it. And folks, let me tell you, the TV shows coming out of Hollywood today are not presented a godly view. We need to be the ones to do so. There are some. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some. I don't watch much TV. but I'm, I'm sure there's still some good TV shows out there. I couldn't tell you what they are, but I know there's bad ones. Let's counteract it by being what God's called us to be. Amos pointed out to him your two-faced theology. You go to church, you say your prayers, you give yourself some give some of your money. But then you go out and you live for the world. And God says, I don't want to hear your songs anymore. I don't want don't want your money. I'll roll over you like a fully loaded cart and roll over you. Is that going to, would you want to be that person, or would you rather hear, well done, a good and faithful servant? That's the choice and the decision we have to make today, folks. Now I'm going to issue you homework. Go home and read the book of Amos. If that don't get your mind set back straight, there's nothing that will. That, you know I think it's stormy. It says, somebody says, if that don't light your wick, then your wick's too wet to light. If it wasn't him, it was somebody in here. I can't remember. I heard it, and I was like, I going to remember that one. Folks, it's your decision. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're going to be rolled over one day. One day you're going to stand before him, and he's going to say, depart from me, or I never knew you don't know him, you've been given a chance. He said, Whomsoever believes in their heart, professes with their mouth that I am the Son of God and I was resurrected on the third day, so shall you be saved. If you will believe that this morning, and truly, not just some cute little prayer thing, but truly believe it, your heart will be saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's the first decision you've got to make. If you do, then I would say the next thing you have to do is assess your life. Have you gotten more caught up in your things than realizing those are God's things? Everything's going to burn away. That's why John's scripture reading this morning, he said, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's because it's going to be gone with Caesar one day. But render unto God what is God's because that will be eternal." What is your decision this morning? What is your choice? Go home and read the book of Amos today, guys, and let's all stand, and I want to lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open, and I pray that you will make a choice this morning. You can either choose life, or you can choose death. If you've chosen life, then I pray that you will now choose to go and share that with others. You may say, but pastor, I only have a dollar in my pocket. If I give that dollar away, I'll be... I won't be able to have my drink tonight. If God tells you, give the dollar, give the dollar. And then look for what God's going to give you to drink. Probably was a whole lot better than what you could have afforded with a dollar. Trust Him. Guys, I have learned this from experience. I wish I could somehow put my experience in words. Trust Him. It is amazing what God can do. But you've got to trust Him, you've got to step out on faith. Step out on faith. Hand out those turkeys and those potatoes and see the smile on the face of those that take them. And know that you can go home and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Pardon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when we go delivering all the toys, come. you don't have to have a motorcycle. I mean, there will be bikes. There can be cars. I don't know if I'll be able to be on my bike by then. But come. Just watch the faces of these kids and parents when we hand these toys. Because there's been quite a few times Rod can attest to, those parents say that we were wasn't going to have anything this year, and sometimes they'll bring out a cook, cookie or something, you know, something that was, you know, was precious to them. It's, it's an eye opener. So come and join us. That's December 17th. That we'll be doing our toy drive. We'll put dates in there for our singing and all the other things we're going to do this this coming December. December 17th, if you want to come and help deliver toys, you don't have to stay all day. We drive all over. But if you can, each house we stop at is a blessing. Each house. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. If God's speaking to you today, will you listen? Father God, I just come before you right now and just lift up your, your name most of all. If there's anyone here today that has not surrendered their heart to you, if there's anyone here today that has not truly accepted you as their lord and savior then maybe they said a prayer at some time but if they haven't truly accepted you may you speak through their their hardness and may they hear you speak through their their self-righteousness or whatever it is that's kept them from truly accepting you and may they hear your words this day and god for those of us who do know you i pray that we will realize everything we have is a gift from you and may we remember it's your gifts not ours And we are to do with it as you've told us to do. We are just stewards of your blessings. May we pass it on the way you've called us to. And may thy will be done, Lord. And as Amos preached to the people then, I pray that he will preach to us today. May we not be caught up in that two-faced religion. May we not be caught up in our materialism. But may we truly be caught up in your godliness. May your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If God's speaking to you, I pray that you can come down to this altar. I'll pray with you. You can pray at the altar. There may be someone here you want to pray with. I don't know. But will you do what God's called you to do today? Let His will be done in your life as we sing, guys.